Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm a compulsive overeater bulimic. Um, it's lovely to be here and thank you so much for asking me to share. Um, just to start with a little bit about myself, I've been in um, OA for 15 years. I'm currently nine months abstinent and I've not purged for the last 14 years. Um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I'm i a bit nervous, so bear with me. Um, I, uh, I, I think I've always been a compulsive overeater. Um, I've, I've always had a really strong feeling of being less than, um, I've had that feeling from like forever. <laughs> um, I have like really strong memories from being young of, um, of, of like feeling less than, um, and comparing myself to other people, um, I remember um, of that feeling of being kind of uncomfortable in my own skin. Um, and that's been there right from the word go. Um, when I was younger, I did, I remember when I was about four, I went to ballet classes uh, with my sister. And even at that age, I remember feeling um, fat and, and ugly compared to the other girls and compared to my sister. Um, um, when I was a bit older, when I was about six, I started doing gymnastics. And again, just really remember feeling uncomfortable in my skin and comparing my body to, to their bodies. Um, and uh, I used to do swimming quite competitively. Um, I was really sporty as a kid, um, did a lot of sport. Um, but again, like just really conscious of my body size and shape um, as a child. Um and um and that kind of self-consciousness was there really from a really young age um and um and the food was always something that gave me comfort <laughs> um i um i found that at a really young age as well i remember uh i remember like one christmas um with my cousins um uh, planning like a midnight feast and um all through the day we like squirreled away food from like we we hid food from picked up food from around the house and that was you know left out and planned this midnight feast and we got to midnight it was probably about 8 p.m but in our heads it was midnight um and uh and i had this like this pocket full of peanuts that i'd collected um, during the day and they'd gone like totally rank and uh, were horrible um, but I remember eating them and even though they were horrible I, I had this compulsion to finish them all like I could not finish them um, and um, and and I remember at the time I was really young but I remember at the time realizing that there was something weird about the fact that even though they tasted horrible that I couldn't not finish them do you know what I mean like I couldn't just Put them down like all my siblings and cousins um you know they 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 were quite happy not eating them because they tasted like really gross um but me i had to i had to finish finish them um so like there was there's been like a weird thing there right from an early age with around food and i remember my parents like all our our treats and our snacks were kind of kept in one particular cupboard and I remember having been really fixated on that cupboard from quite a young age um and um and I also remember like comparing my plates um to my siblings like being aware if I had a little bit more or a little bit less 
being very aware if I had a little bit less, um, you know, if I, if, if, if my, my parents dished out, you know, if we had like beans on toast, if I, if I felt like that, like I had three less big beans on my plate, you know, I felt re a real sense of my deprivation and unfairness, you know? Um, so, um, just remember that kind of comparison. Um, I grew up in kind of a bit of a disordered household. My, my dad was an alcoholic. He was a very nice alcoholic. Um, he wasn't violent or anything like that. Um, but it was a bit of a screwed up upbringing nonetheless. Um, and both my parents worked um, for themselves. They were both self-employed and were away from home a lot of the time. So uh, me and my brothers and sisters were left to our own devices a lot of the time, which also meant we were left with the food um, to ourselves a lot of the time. And so uh, we just ate whatever the hell we wanted um, uh, a lot of the time. Um, and so I overate a lot of the time on my own. Um, and I found this like magical combination of TV and food um, at a really young age. And I found that it was an amazing place where I just numbed out. It took away all my problems. It took away any feelings. Um, and it also got me out of things. Like um, I found that if I was, um, if there were jobs to do around the house when my parents were back and you know, like I was meant to be cleaning up. If I was still having my my dinner, if I was still eating um, and watching TV, that I was allowed out of chores. I didn't have to do those chores until I was done eating. So I, I would stretch out my meal times as long as possible um, uh, so that I didn't have to do those things. Um, and, but I found that that, that, that that combination of TV and food just, yeah, it was like my off switch. Um, and that's been prevalent, like throughout my life, that that combination is just like numb, numb out zone um, place. Um, and I guess uh, one other thing that's been there from like a young age has been the thing about over exercising, um, exercising like to a, a large degree has been there from when I was like a teenager. Um, I, uh, Sorry, I just lost my train of thought a sec. Um, I I was really sporty. I, I I used to do swimming competitively, and so I would train in the morning for swimming, and then I'd go to school, and then I had swimming training after school as well. Um, and so I was doing a lot of exercise um, from quite a young age, um, and um, I'd also go jogging with my dad, um, and um, and I started over-exercising quite young. Um, and I started to use that to counteract kind of the amount of food that I was consuming and realized that that was um, a way of controlling my weight. Um, and um, the bulimia didn't really kick in until um, I was about 13. Um, I, um, I used to go to a church choir and we had these, um, <clears throat> we had snack time at church choir and um, at snack time uh, each week, somebody brought all the food and um, it came a kind of competition to see who could bring the best food along. Um, and um, and uh, we'd have snack and one of the girls there uh, used to go to the bathroom and make herself sick 
and she was the cool girl at church choir and I just started copying her and that's how it started um and it was just once a week um on a Wednesday after snack time and um that's how it started and it was just something that I did to to try and emulate this girl um and that's how it, it started and it stayed like that for a couple of years um and then when I was 17 and I went off to university, it ramped up and it suddenly took on a life of its own. Um, and I found that suddenly I was um, binging and purging every day and um, I couldn't stop. Um, and um, it uh, became hellish. <laughs> um, I was working in the, um, in the, the shop at the university and I started stealing food from the shop. Um, I started stealing uh, food from um, my flatmates, um, from the fridge. Um, we had a shared bathroom, um, which was like eight rooms in a block. And we had one shared bathroom um, for those eight rooms. Um, and I would stay in there for ages because I would go and make myself sick. Um, and then I would have to like freeze and wait because in case somebody had heard me, I needed them to like pass and, and wait so that I could come out without being seen and then realize who was in there. Um, and, um, yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. Um, and, but the purging, um, the binging and purging again, just like, uh, was a way of numbing out, was a way of taking away my problems. Um, and I found that I could do that with all sorts of things, um, that it wasn't just the food, um, that um, that I could do that with um, alcohol as well. Um, so I started drinking at that point in my life as well. Um, and surprise, surprise, I did that to an extreme as well. So I didn't just have one drink. Um, I would um, get insanely drunk um, and fall down. And um, uh, and I was either not, not drinking or I was totally drunk. Um, and, um, and then I started using drugs as well. Um, and I started sleeping around. Um, and those four things, the food, the alcohol, the drugs, and sex um, took on a life of their own for the next decade of my life. Um, and I used one or the other um, for the next decade. And one would pop up and I would it would get totally out of hand and I would go, okay, that's enough. I need to stop that. I would go teetotal with the alcohol and I would start using drugs again. And then I would stop using the drugs and the food would get really out of hand. And then I would try and stop the food and the alcohol would get really out of hand. And I would just substitute one for the other, for the other, for the other, um, or use all four at once. Um, and that was my twenties. Um, and I found that that's been a real feature of my addiction of my life is that, um, I can use one thing. Um, I can always use something like, and nowadays <laughs> that's still a feature of my, um, of my struggle with, with addiction 
is that I can still use stuff. Nowadays, it tends to be stuff that's less harmful. So it's it's things like compulsive shopping um, or compulsive working or compulsive cleaning or like most recently, um, it's been drinking Coca-Cola compulsively. Like, so I've been drinking like four liters of Coca-Cola a day, Diet Coke. Um, so that got really out of hand or caffeinated beverages or chewing sugar-free gum. Um, you know, like I, I can substitute anything and it just gets out of hand. I just have this like addictive personality where I can latch onto something and it just, yeah, it gets out of hand. Um, and, uh, I seem to be able to substitute anything for that. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of how my addiction's been. I came into OA um, like 15 years ago, and the amazing thing was that I came in and um, I got given these daily suggestions to do, um, which were um, read the For Today card, pray for an abstinent day, send a food plan, ring three OAers, go to meetings, write a gratitude list and ring my sponsor daily. I was given this list of things to do and I started doing them and I found it really hard, especially ringing three OAs a day. Like that was so difficult because I was so used to isolating. <clears throat> um, but I did these things and I remember thinking like, what the hell have these things got to do with, um, with my food, you know? Um, but I did these things. And the amazing thing was that when I did these things, the obsession with food lifted, it went, um, the craziness, it, it just, it went. Um, and I was able to stop binging. Um, and, um, and that was the, that was the first miracle of this program for me. That was the first miracle was that the obsession went, um, by doing these daily suggestions. Um, my feelings came up massively when I put the food down. Um, and like I have emotional intensity disorder, um, and I have big, big emotions, big feelings, um, and they're scary and overwhelming. Um, a lot of the time I found that using the tool of writing really helped. Um, I found ringing my sponsor, like at the beginning, I had to ring my sponsor like a zillion times a day where I was just like, ah, I'm feeling this, ah, I'm feeling that, ah, I need your help. Um, and just verbal diarrhea, just like blah, 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 just to get it out because it was terrifying. I couldn't deal with the emotions any other way. I needed I needed a lot of help at the beginning. Um, but I used the yeah, program. You know. I used, thank you. And I Don't used help. my use my sponsor um and i use my fellows um and that's what saved me um and um and i made a list of my red light behaviors and my red light foods um so foods that i knew that i couldn't that, that were like my go-to foods um behaviors that were like my red light behaviors like 
eating standing up, eating out of packets, eating on public transport, eating in the car, um, eating in front of the TV, um, things that were just like mindless kind of eating. Um, those were things that I, I no longer do, um, um, that I abstain from now. Um, I threw myself into service. Um, I started doing um, service. I was chair of interview. I went to National Assembly. I started being treasurer. Um, ultimately, I started going around treatment centers and doing shares and, and doing all sorts of different kinds of service. And when I started doing service, I sucked at it. When I, when I was treasurer, treasurer at first, um, I couldn't ever make like the money add up to what it was meant to add up to. I was always having to like supplement it because like I'd add it up, um, and 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 like it would say it was meant to be I don't know six six pounds and twenty cents by what I added up, and I then I'd count up the money and it would be six pounds and five pence, and so I was having to put in like an extra fifteen pence to make it be what it was meant to be or whatever um it never never worked um but over time like now I'm an awesome treasurer I can treasure my butt off I'm brilliant at it um and like so over time that's you know I've got better at it and stuff um but the the amazing amazing thing about service is that it's totally totally saved my butt like a zillion times um because it's kept me like firmly in program um, it's kept me solidly in the middle of the bed of recovery. Um, but the other thing about it is that I've learned that the people doing service, like right at the top of OA, they're just like me. They're just like normal people. They're just like the people in meetings that I see day to day. They're, they're nothing special, you know, like they are obviously special because we're all special. Um, but they're no different to the rest of us. Um, and that was a real shock when I, like, when I, when I first went to chairs day, um, or when I first went to national assembly and I was like, oh my God, they're just normal people. That, that was a real shocker, you know? Um, but brilliant to find out. Um, so yeah, now another thing I do is I do daily inventory that, that is amazing. Um, thank you. That keeps me sane. Um, so I, I do that every night. I use uh, uh, an app on my phone to do that, um, which I find really helpful. Um, something else I found helpful is doing mirror work. Like, so somebody suggested this to me at, at a point in my recovery, or I just stand naked in front of the mirror and have to tell myself, uh, like, look at my body. And um, And at first I found it like, impossible to do because I just recoiled um at the prospect of like looking at myself um and actually seeing my body um whereas now I can stand in front of the mirror and say I love you and I can look at my my breasts for example which have got like stretch marks all over them um and I can go hey those are like my beautiful breasts that are able were able to like give my babies milk and um and now, like, they're part of my beautiful body. Um, and I can look at that and be genuine and genuinely like them. Um, and, um, yeah. So the thing I, I think I most want to share is that the thing that I've done right 
because I, I have relapsed many, many times. Um, I'm nine months abstinent now. Um, I moved to Portugal three years ago. And since then, I've struggled. Um, I had many years of abstinence and then moved to Portugal, lost being in my meetings and and lost my abstinence and have struggled to get it back since then. Um, and have been okay for the last nine months since I started coming to two-way prayer meetings, since I found found that meeting. Um, that's been a lifesaver. Um, but the thing that's kept me um, from totally losing the plot is that I've stayed in meetings, that I've stayed um, being honest. I've not gone back out there, you know, like. I've lost time. a reminder. Thank you. I've, um, even though I've lost my abstinence, I've shown up the next day to a meeting and I've said, I've lost my abstinence and, um, but I'm here. Um, and that's what saved my butt. You know, I've not gone back out there. So I've not ended up purging again. Um, I've just had a slip. I've, I've picked up the food and then I've been right back in meetings. And that's the thing. I've never stopped coming to meetings. Um, and I've been honest. Thank you. Sorry. I'll shut up now. There you go. I made it. I survived doing a share. Woo! Okay. There you go. I hope that helps somebody in some way.